Ready Check Radio. What's up, Internet? It's Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern, and that means, at least for the month of April, it's time for the Relic Grind on Ready Check Radio, your Final Fantasy fourteen Square Enix podcast. I'm your host, Mike Byrne. As always, we've got 6.1 patch notes. We've kind of reviewed it to death, but maybe there's a few things hidden in there, and with Yoshi P's kind of review of the patch notes today. Maybe there's a couple things in there that the, the gang wants to talk about. Uh, as we head into 6.1 tomorrow morning, our time, we're also going to talk about the Kingdom Hearts 20th anniversary announcements and what that might mean else could be on the horizon. And it's that time again. The Opus 16 Final Fantasy TCG set has been officially all revealed so we'll run down the legends and let you know what we think's hot, what we think's not, and finish it up with love it or leave it. Remember, no show next week. Taking the week off because of my schedule with the show. I apologize. Uh, I'm very thankful I have two lovely volunteer hosts who are very patient with me in switching things around. It is much appreciated. We'll be back to normal in May. But that'll give everybody like 11 days to get as deep into 6.1 and we won't have to worry about spoilers because everybody will be pretty much done by then as far as MSQ goes. Uh, so we will not be having a show next week. We will return on Monday the 25th to go over all of our thoughts from 6.1. If you're watching on YouTube or Ready Check Radio, head on over to the website. Socials are all in the upper right-hand corner. Give us a click, a like, a comment, a subscribe on all the socials out there. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, you know it. Show some support. Show some love for people like Chris Montoya, a.k.a. Tarkoth. What's up, sir? Greetings, programs. Uh, with that Kingdom 4 Hearts announcement, I'm ready to bust out the old meme. Are you ready for it? Oh, boy. Here we go. That's Pretty right. Much. We're, we're going back to crazy town. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. I know Cronus is excited about it. Oh, I know. As soon as I saw it, I was like, Ugh, there's a topic Adam Lane's not going to want to discuss. What's up, Cronus? Yeah, I mean, we could talk about it when it comes out. And I'm like 55 years old, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is just an in-development announcement. Uh, we'll get to it in a little bit here to talk about it in some more detail. But first, gents, let's take a look. Uh, we'll kick it off and kind of finish it off very quickly on the fort the topic of final fantasy 14 we of course did have 6.1 patch notes come out uh last week the preliminary patch notes we've now had yoshi p's review of the patch notes uh via today's stream presentation for that as well i don't want to rehash like the big things right we we did that last week where we we went through the pvp and our thoughts on it and yeah. but as you surfed through the beefy-ass patch notes, mm -hmm. the beefy patch notes for 6.1 Cronus, did anything jump off the page at you as, hey, we didn't know that yet, or, oh, that's something that nobody's even really mentioned yet. What did you like? I, I always go straight to the battle changes. Well, of course. It's like the first yeah. thing I do. 
um, because they don't really tell you everything <laughs> like leading up. <laughs> Uh, no, so they I mean, we only wait. had, not only did we not have all the changes for the classes they did discuss, but we didn't even have all the, the jobs revealed right. change-wise at all when we talked about it last week. Yeah, so I I think I'm finally confident enough to say that, like, White Mage isn't in the dumpster anymore. No. I think, I think it's pretty, uh, like, a lot of, like, a couple of the changes are actually pretty good. Uh, I think they still need a couple more changes. I think Astro is still better, but... That's fine. Like one of them's probably always going to be slightly better, but I think these changes were like much needed. I think Dark Knight got the most though. Um, they finally fixed like everything that people have been asking for, and Living Dead's finally also not trash right. anymore. <laughs> um, and they actually addressed the concern that I think I brought up after we like talked about the live letter last time, where I was kind of worried that like you'd cleanse early and die, uh, but they actually seemed like they had that figured out. So. Um, I'm just interested to see. I, th I think some stuff still isn't quite enough, but I think overall the changes are good. Uh, and I'm interested to see how it like turns out for Ultimate. But those were really the two big ones for me. And then other than that, like just reading through all the PvP stuff, this was a lot. There was, yeah, it, yeah. That's like I said. When you look, uh, when you run down the list of features, Tarkin six one, as we've done on on a few shows here, as we got the live letter and then the patch notes and et cetera, et cetera. You, you kind of, we talked about it, you know, people getting the impression of, well, if you're not into ultimate, there's not really a lot here. And if you think about it, if you think about it content wise, it is easy to look at the list and say, it's a pretty small list. You got some MSQ, you got a new dungeon, you got a 24 person raid, you got your, uh, uh, ultimate, you got your unreal, you got your PVP. And, you know, that's that's a short list when you look at it from the 30,000-foot view like that. It's a very short list. Not to say that there's not a lot of things to do there, but it's, you know, six or seven items if you look at it just on the surface level. But when you start getting into the PvP notes in particular, but even some other things mm -hmm. on these, these notes, there is a lot going on. <laughs> a lot going on. There's a lot of little stuff. There's a lot of quality of life for the job changes themselves um especially kind of the the lower end for healers like uh mp management and stuff like that um one of the some of the most surprising stuff i uh took away was dark knights living dead uh the fixing uh inner release for warrior white mages oh my god so much love there i got a nice change in adder sting i don't have to prep all these shields at the beginning of every pull that's very nice uh, but PvP, man, I can't wait to dive into that. Um, what surprised me there was it seems like there's no MP usage outside of the self-heal for everyone. So awesome. You can just use whatever abilities you want and, and just have fun with the, the, the matchups without worrying about your MP gauge. We also got to see uh, a lot of the starting locations for some things, namely the, the MSQ. Uh, the 24-person uh, raid. So anything revealed to you that maybe gives you an idea of where we could be heading? I mean, with the 24-person starts in Old Charlian, and, like, okay, uh, it starts in Old mm -hmm. Charlian. That's actually a little weird to me when you think about it, but okay, okay. Uh, any of the other locations kind of strike you as uh, maybe a, a bit unusual? I don't think so. I think that's also a bit of a red herring too, because they're gonna go straight to Mordona. 
pretty sure. Yeah, they have to. <laughs> you have to, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you you see like Rambros in there. Like they're you're going right back. I, you're gonna start yeah. there. I assume because it's gonna branch off the main scenario quest. You're probably gonna like be in Old Charlie and when it branches or something. Um, and then it's just gonna go right back to Mortona. <laughs> I'm sure. guessing from a lore standpoint, it's based off something in the someone finds in the library and they're like, oh, we should research that kind of deal. So. No surprise, probably that the MSQ is kicking us off in uh, in the Rising Stones, right? I mean, that's just yeah. 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 Let's head on back and talk to Tataru a little bit and see what's been going down. Uh, of course, so but this is uh, so here's one that's a little weird. Um, normally, the patches end with the title quest. Six point one starts with Newfound Adventure being the name of the quest. Kind of um, makes sense, right? Yeah, I mean, it totally makes yeah. sense, but it is a deviation from yeah. what would normally be the sure. norm uh, in the questing names. You know, probably you know, makes sense. Doesn't really mean much. It's just a quest name, but an interesting yeah. little observation. I kind of was like, oh, that's that's different. That's different. Have we done that before? I can't remember. I couldn't remember going through it. I was like, have we, have we ever done that before? Usually it's just the last quest. I think it's always the last because yeah. even like the yeah. expansions, he's like, "Oh, yeah. I'm on the last quest." Ed Walker. Ed Walker. You know, like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, adventure plates going into beta. Woohoo! Yeah, yeah. Here New end go. game. New end game. <laughs> New end game. Uh, other than that, yeah. I mean, I'm ready. I'm ready. What are your plans, Kronos? I know you all. <laughs> you already have raid night tomorrow night. Uh, yeah. So are you? Getting up bright and early to to jump on, what's what's the deal? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm all. I always do that. So I, I mean, y'all, you take your time. I'll be done tomorrow, um, <laughs> with pretty much everything, <laughs> more than likely. At least like my first go through. Uh, I, I definitely want to put a lot of time into PvP though. So I doubt like I'll even be remotely. I don't even know if I'm gonna get to PvP tomorrow, but I'd like to at least try a couple games because it looks interesting. Uh, I did hear that maybe in casual queue you can't queue up with anyone, which is kind of disappointing to me. But I don't know if that's true or not. I heard I like the it's... Japanese notes had a, a line that the English notes didn't have that said you had to solo queue for both, which yeah, means I think that... it's the custom one that you can do whatever. Yeah, which is disappointing because like I'd like to just queue up with one friend or two, you know. Um, but it is what it is. I'll still try it. I am a little worried, though, that healers are still going to be really good. But we'll see. Of course, we're the best. We're needed for everything. <laughs> I mean, they look they they look pretty strong, just saying. Uh, just from an initial read, but who knows until you get in there and they actually play. So I can't wait to dash in and flag them and then dash out. Uh, the limit breaks are nutty. Yeah, yeah they are. Um, the Sage one is pretty dumb. Oh, honestly. yeah. Panheima after all that? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you're just invincible. It's like a five man hollowed ground. <laughs> it's so it's good. like it's, it's the Thunderdome. It's like, <laughs> Paladin like one's to... not bad either. They get hollow ground and then 50% less damage for everyone else, too. So the, the White Mage one is like kind of plain, but very good. Like, I think that's one of the best ones, too. It's, it's not like really exciting, you know, but yeah. it does a lot of things. So, Tark, what about you? Bright and early? Oh, yeah. Bright and early. Um, plan on hitting MSQ. Then diving in the 24 man, uh, might take a little break to do some PVP, but the EX trial I'm getting with my new ultimate group uh, to try that out and kind of us to finally get together and 
you know, see how we all work together uh, before Ultimate launches. Uh, and then I got a show to do with uh, uh, Frequent Viewer Flynn tomorrow, and then Savage Raining Sin with the Savage team. So it's it's a packed day for me tomorrow. Yeah, it's a busy one. I'll be doing the Flynn show with uh, with Tark. We'll be talking about Final Fantasy there. That'll be tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, if you're following Ready Check Radio on Twitter, we'll be sure to retweet it out so you can come and support Flynn as he starts on uh, his endeavor. He's done uh, wonders supporting us, showing up for shows and things like that. So, uh, And if you're watching this on YouTube after the fact, I'll be sure to pin a link to it uh, wherever he posts it in the comments on YouTube and on Ready Check Radio. So you can go show some love and show some support. I'm not going to be getting up bright and early. I've got a training call I've got to do at 9 a.m. Uh, so I don't want to get started just to then not have to get started. Uh, but yeah, I uh, my plan is I want uh, MSQ at least uh, one run through the 24 person uh, and then some PvP time over the next 48 hours. That's like uh, while, while you guys go ahead and jump into Ultimate, I'll get there. I'm in no hurry. Um, that's well, what I want to take off. Not for another two yeah, weeks. Yeah, you, you got so. two weeks for it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm very excited. New content. It's always exciting. Uh, hell yeah. Always exciting and a brand newfound adventure. So yeah. we'll, we'll see where we're headed. We'll finally get to see where we're headed. Uh, that about wraps it up for 14. Uh, I mean, that mm-hmm. is, that's pretty much all we expected this week. But... But we do have other Square Enix news as Kingdom Hearts celebrates its 20th anniversary. 20th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And as part of the 20th anniversary, we got some reveals, some official reveals. Now, the trailer I'm showing is kind of like their seven or eight minute announcement video. You can check it out on YouTube. It starts off with Kingdom Hearts missing link so that's the footage you're watching now which is a mobile game that is in development uh and a bit later in the trailer it's going to transition over to kingdom hearts 4 it's official boys kingdom hearts 4 is in development that's it i I will say that with the initial trailer i was like this looks way different than all the previous Kingdom Hearts. I didn't know what to make of it at first. Yeah, and, and when we get to the, the footage, you'll see, if you haven't seen it yet for some reason, when we get to the footage, you'll notice that it is a bit more uh, on the realistic side than on the Disney side. That's not to say it's photorealistic, real human Soras or anything, but definitely skewing more away from the cartoon and, and more to a almost a darker, more adult-looking... Uh, aesthetic i know chronos that you don't you're not a huge kingdom hearts guy i was you were yeah. <laughs> i was and then things went crazy and then he went charlie day and all they, crazy. Then, all they, they said 15 was years out of the 20 year anniversary was me waiting for the third game right <laughs> yeah all they said was four is in development and by the way this is all development footage it is subject to change, so even though it's got that kind of like a little more realistic style, that hell, that could end up not being the style that the game is in uh, when it actually comes time to release. 
They're not saying anything about release, obviously, at this point. Uh, so we don't know if it's two years away, 15 years away. Kingdom Hearts 4, they did say, takes place in the city of Quadratum and introduces a new character, Strelitzia, uh, who is also in the trailer when we get there. Their quote, Sora makes triumphant return with an updated look at the beginning of an epic new storyline titled The Lost Master Arc. Beginning with Sora facing off in a boss battle against a giant enemy, players are introduced to the Quadratum, a large, expansive city set in a gorgeous, realistic world unlike anything ever seen before in the Kingdom Hearts series. Fans will be excited to see the return of Sora's well-known companions, Donald and Goofy, in addition to the first appearance of Strelitzia, a mysterious new character who appears before Sora in this strange new setting and then of course you will have the side story kingdom hearts missing link which will be uh, available on android and ios they will have a closed beta in quote specific regions this august so mobile shooting its way shooting its way into beta in just a few months <sighs> I wish I could say that I was, like, thrilled with the announcement, gents. I uh, am a little more forgiving than Kronos. I <laughs> still enjoy Kingdom Hearts. My son Torchwick has platinumed every Kingdom Hearts game in the... Well, I think he's finishing one of the handheld games right now. But other than that, has plat platted all of them. I've beaten them, but I have no desire to sit there and farm gummy parts and shit like that for the plats. Uh, it's just not the way. It's just not the way I roll, Tark. <laughs> just not the way. Oh, 500? Nah, nah. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Let's go play Stranger of Paradise. Check that game out. Um, <sighs> Kingdom Hearts kind of uh, three kind of soured me a little bit, and I don't know if you guys feel the same, but I'm not saying it's a bad game. I don't think it is by any stretch of the imagination. I found it enjoyable, but as a Final Fantasy fan, I was severely disappointed with the like lack of Final Fantasy <laughs> representation <laughs> in Kingdom Hearts. And I know that was something they said, well, we're going to address in the DLC. And they 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 did a, a little bit here and there, but it was like it was like Kingdom Hearts 1 was just so perfect. It's just so perfect. And then Kingdom Hearts 2 was okay. Yeah, all right. That's cool. And then I like my curve has just gone down. I'm excited by the new look. I'm excited by some speculation we're going to talk about in just a minute. Definitely excited about some speculation. But I just I just need some more Final Fantasy in my Kingdom Hearts there, Tark. Is that so wrong? No, it should be. That's the thing. With a kind of co collaboration like this, there should be a good balance between the Disney stuff and the Square stuff. And, and it doesn't even have to be just Final Fantasy. They can pull from any of their stuff to put into Kingdom Hearts. Um, but it, it's... So Disney heavy, um, yeah. It's it's hard to get the the Square Enix fans uh, super excited. I know they're excited about Kingdom Hearts, but um, if that and the delay uh, of it coming out, not to mention all the side projects like Chains of Memories and three eighty six divided by two, whatever. I don't know. It's just there's so much, and the web of Charlie Day just turns a lot of people off i guess chronos can we get you back with a little speculation though <laughs> I mean, 
I, I guess. Look, here's, I mean, here's a screenshot taken from the trailer you were just watching. Yeah. That seems to show in the upper right-hand corner circled there a foot of a droid, a vehicle, uh, very, very similar to some things you might see in Star Wars. Now, yeah. obviously, Star Wars owned by Disney now, so I, fair game, you know, if you want to yeah. put it in here. Can I can I get you on board with a little Star Wars in your Kingdom Hearts, Kronos? I have a love hate relationship with Star Wars too, man. <laughs> they get me though. They get me to come back somehow every time. I don't know how, but they do. Uh, I mean, it's cool. If, if this could be that, like Marvel could be in there too, which I really like. But like, I don't know. I, I think Nomura is like really like it's been said in chat already. I think he just wants to make Versus Thirteen disguised as a Kingdom Hearts game. Yeah. I really think that's what he's trying to do. Uh, there could be a little bit of bait and switch too where you have this realism stuff, but then you show Donald and Goofy at the end where like maybe yep. there's going to be like two different graphical sets where like he goes to different worlds and when he comes back to the Disney worlds, he just looks like old Sora. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the that's game's so awesome. far away. So you, we when, don't when he's know. in the Quadratum, it's very realistic. Yeah. And then, yeah, there like, you go, it, it, off to yeah. Neverland and we look like Peter Pan. Because, I mean, you need that. If you're going to put him in Star Wars with, like, graphics the way they are today, he has to look like he's a, like he belongs a little bit, you know? And if yeah. he just sticks Sora yeah. with his goofy well, size I, 18 shoes... I think, I think it would depend on where <laughs> you put him, though. Like, if you put him in the Star yeah. Wars movie universe, then I think you have to... You're right. You skew more towards the realistic view. But if you put him in, say, like, the Clone Wars animated mm. series... Type. Rebels, yeah. Yeah, or Rebels, yeah. Then I think you can get away with a little more animated slash maybe not proportionate uh <laughs> Sora. It's certainly yeah. interesting. We're we're probably we're I mean, we know we're years away from this. It's just a question of how many at this point. Uh but we'll at least be able to get our hands in some regions on the closed beta for the mobile version. Uh, gotta say though, Kronos or uh, Tark, little yeah. little nervous, little nervous. Square has not been gaining my confidence with monetization in any way, shape, or form over oh, the God. last half dozen or so releases. And now yeah, this whole last year has been monetization hell. <laughs> yeah, it really has. It really has. So we'll keep an eye. What this does do though is lend even more credence, gentlemen, mm -hmm. to those NVIDIA leaks way back when that we discussed on the show that were clearly just placeholders. Besides this one and this one, NVIDIA said, the rest were just placeholders, assumed titles that might exist. Sure, sure. So at the time, it revealed a bunch of different Square Enix titles, an unannounced title... A Final Fantasy VII Remake PC version, a remaster of Chrono Cross, God of War, Uncharted Legacy of Thieves for the PC, those two. So, yeah, we've had a lot of those things come out. So, more or less likely or unchanged, Chronos, on Final Fantasy IX getting its remake. So, while... I do agree it adds one more to the list. I think this about stays the same. Just because I think Kingdom Hearts 4 is like, I could just throw a dart on the board and be like, yeah, they're definitely making that. 
like, <laughs> um, so I don't. So like, just to that point, I don't think it really adds anything to it, other than it's another game on the list, which I mean, I guess kind of does. I I think it's pretty likely still though. I think last time I gave it a pretty high percentage, but I don't think that percentage has really changed because of this. So, I think the Chrono Cross thing was more of a tell than this. I guess is more what I'm saying. Right. Tark, more likely, less likely? I, I think we're we're at with the list for just Square Enix alone, I think there's only two that haven't been announced, and that's the Final Fantasy IX remake and uh the Tactics Remaster. Um just in the last six days we had Chrono Cross Remaster release on the seventh. Uh six days ago they finally announced the new Tomb Raider with Unreal Engine five. Um, so that was on the list. That's ch now checked off. And now they released Kingdom Hearts 4. So I'm now at 99% that these other two are going to come uh, within the next year. I I'm not sure. Um, it's Square Enix is so packed for 2022. It's, it's incredible. Um, such a good time to be a fan for Square. But I I'm. It it's pretty much definite that these are going to come. It's a matter of when, not if. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, the Tomb Raider uh, Unreal 5. Uh, and we also have the the new Tactics Ogre trademark. Oh, yeah, that was... That. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... But that, but that... Do we... Uh. What do we think on this one, though, Kronos? Uh, the Tactics Ogre trademark that Square filed, is, do you think this is a remake, or are they going to do a remaster? I just hope it's not a bubble game. That is oh, where my mind goes. No. My mind goes Don't straight even there. Say it out loud. Uh. Look, man, I'm just telling you where my head goes. Okay. Why do you got to put that in the ether? I don't Ugh, think I needed to gross. put that there. I think that already exists. I I love Tactics Ogre. I love Tactics games in general. I buy pretty much all of them that release, or at least the ones that I'm I'm, I'm aware of. Uh, I hope this is like a remake or a new title. <laughs> My, I just hope it's not a mobile game. That's uh, that's it. Can't believe you said the quiet part out loud. Oh, awful. I mean, yeah, it's a high probability that it could very well be that, but I do not want it to be that either. <laughs> that's, uh, you just hate seeing like these titles that have this reverence behind them as, you know, those yeah. are classics and just relegated to, well, let's make a mobile port or let's yeah. make a PC I, port that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. I, I just hope that if it is a full-fledged, you know, like console or PC game, whatever, not mobile, that people really support it because I want to see um, them bring back and maybe redo Ogre Battle, March of Black Queen. I want to see Ogre Battle 64 come back. Um, you know, N Night of Lotus. I mean, that whole Ogre series needs some love. It's there's such great games. Oh yeah. Um, and they've shown that they're willing to do remasters, but if they put something out and it doesn't get received well, they might just shove that in the back and never touch those. So. Yep. 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 Uh, speaking of that, by the way, I will. Uh, did either of you have any time to mess around with uh, the Chrono Cross remaster? I ha I haven't yet. I heard the the port was like less than great. It's not, yeah, but... it's not great on PC. Um, um, yeah. The graphics, <laughs> like uh, they're 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 fine. It, the backgrounds don't look quite right in a lot of areas because Ooh. of the 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 additional pixels the additional touch up the additional color palette like some there's some of them look beautiful when you're running around and then some of them mm -hmm. just like look blurry because they're just like splashes of color i will tell you this it if you were a huge chrono trigger fan and chrono cross fan 
to me, it's worth the 20 bucks just to go yeah. play Radical Dreamers. Oh, okay. uh, if you never experienced that because it was a Japanese only thing, uh, I would have spent $20 on just that, an official translated in, in English version. Um, but that doesn't mean that I can't also be disappointed in some aspects of Chrono Cross. It's still a great game, but they, they, they do it again with this. They just don't port very well. It's like, they're just, it's, does it work? Does it, it, does it run? <laughs> cool. Sell it. Yeah. <laughs> I heard, I mean, the most of the stuff I heard was that like the price point is great. $20 for that game is awesome. I think. If you haven't played it before, you know, and you don't have the original hardware. The thing is that doesn't really help is a lot of reviewers are saying, like, if you can play it on the PS1, go buy the PS1 and just play the old game. Yeah. That's not really, like, good to hear. Yeah, that's not but, a bringing um, endorsement. Yeah, but, like, you know, 20 bucks. And it's not like most people are saying it's, like, crazy words. It's just, like, they're just saying the original Yeah, it's better. a little sloppy. That's all. Yeah. It's a little sloppy. It's, it's not like when we got some of the original Final Fantasies ported from mobile versions onto the PC or Chrono Trigger, which... Good lord, the PC version of the it's nothing like that. Yeah. It's yeah. playable, you'll enjoy it, it's fun. But if you played the original, you'll probably notice things that like I'm talking about when you're running around near the beach areas and there's all that coral and stuff like that. It just like well, that doesn't quite look right. Like the background almost looks a little blurry because it's high res now. So But mm. uh yeah, Radical Dreamers portion of it, I would have paid twenty bucks just for the official version of that. Uh, all right, gents, let's do it. Opus 16, Final Fantasy TCG comes out this week. It's also pre-release weekend here in the United States because Square's shipping both at the same time. Uh, and it's also Easter, so that ought to be fun, getting things scheduled with your local game stores, with your local game stores. Uh, there are plenty around... For product, if you aren't following the key groups on Facebook, please do head on over to Facebook and search uh, Final Fantasy TCG fans, Final Fantasy TCG North America, and there's probably pages for your local areas as well. Plenty of online locations, including The Light in Los Angeles, and we've got Cards of Ivalice, uh, James Lockwood, who's been in our chat many times, hanging out. Uh, now opening a store in Florida for those of you in Florida. Looks Ooh. beautiful. Looks beautiful. <laughs> he and his wife doing a ton in there and their partners. I'm sorry. I should I'm the Boise. credit everybody. I mean, it looks beautiful. <laughs> They're getting ready for some fun there. So definitely check them out. If you don't have local stores, all of those people that I just mentioned to you would say support your local store first. Uh, and they have said that in my chat. Uh, they agree, but if you don't have a local store and you're looking for product, hit up some of those. Those are some of the fine people behind the community that I can personally vouch for and know they don't buy advertising here. So <laughs> it's a totally legit endorsement. Emissaries of Light comes out this week. We're going to do what we always do and run down the legends before we hit love it or leave it. And we'll kind of rate them like we always do, gents, on a 1 through 10 scale on... We kind of get sidetracked a little bit sometimes here. How much we may personally like the card, of course, factors into it. We try to keep the 1 through 10 based on, like, is it going to see play? Does it warp the meta? That type of thing. But it, we're all totally fucking biased, so deal with it. 
Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a one through ten. Shut up. Um, and we do have multiple points of experience here uh, to kind of represent everybody. Chronos, uh, the lapsed uh, competitive player. Myself, the current competitive player. And Tarkoth representing kind of the newer side of Straight playing, up noob. playing <laughs> FFTCG. So we kind of give you all the aspects here. And that's what I love about doing this with these guys. First up... We're just going to take them in, in elemental card number order, if that works for you, gents. Uh, let's pull up Squall. A four-drop AK fire forward that says, if either player has two cards or less in their hand, Squall gains haste. If both you and your opponent have no cards in hand, Squall gains first strike brave, and Squall could attack twice in the same turn. When Squall attacks... Deal 4k damage to all the forwards opponent controls when Squall is blocked. Deal 4k damage to all the forwards opponent controls. Uh, can we just say nutty as hell? I mean, that, yeah. is, that is a lot of really good text. That is just a lot of stupid good text in an element that can totally take advantage of mm -hmm. like 90% of that text. Might be a little hard with the card count, but if you pair this, because it is Squall, Seed Candidate, right? You might want to pair this with Fire Ice uh, and get your discard in there, not just because you want low hands, but because Fire Ice does work well together, has since basically the Cat 6 discard deck was a thing. A few opuses, well, a few, my God, it's like nine opuses now. It was um, a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> I was still playing. I, I had like I had like just recently started playing when that was like really good. Yeah. So that was a long time ago. This yeah. one's a little nutty. Where do you put it, Kronos? Where do you put it? Uh I I think it's because it's really just to me it strikes me as like you're putting this in like one archetype really. Yeah. Uh I think it only gets gonna go in fire ice. I think mono fire probably has better options just to do more yeah. I'm not saying this guy's bad. Like if you want like Well you gotta respect that ping even yeah, in just, just a doing, mono fire. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah, just yeah, doing yeah. the 4K on swing and the 4K on block, like, I mean, that's very threatening, for yeah. sure. I think if you can somehow get the first strike, I, he's just unblockable yeah. <laughs> at that point. You just have to take um, the two damage. Just, yeah, <laughs> so, like, if you can, like, get those two things, I think he's very strong. I just, I don't know how good, like, I, I'm assuming that Fire Ice got some more support. I haven't read, a, like, every card yet. Um, but I think just face value, he's, I mean, he's pretty strong. I don't think he's, like, insane to me, but I think he's just, like, really good. Yeah, I think it's just solid. Like, it is absolutely a solid card. I can see, obviously, see it in Fire Ice, right? That's its home. I can see it in some very particular mono fires. Mm. Uh, I mean, right now, gang, we live in a meta where 2K or two drop 5K forwards are all over the place in, in the right. current meta. A 4K ping mm. on swing is dangerous is mm -hmm. dangerous. Um I'm I'm going to I'm going to probably put it at like an 8. It's I don't think it warps the meta. I think it makes a deck that might not have been exactly meta anymore a little more relevant in the meta. Uh and it certainly helps it out. It is job seed candidate. That's good for many many reasons. Uh, if you are have been been messing around with seed candidates uh, or cat nine, uh, cat nine, cat eight lately, uh, Tark newer player, what do you think of this guy? What do you think of Squall here? 
I think he's, your guys are right. He's very solid. And I was just thinking, you know, you, you have some summons that do a little bit of splash damage. You can just take out a few forwards and leave himself a good opening. And you're like, well, what am I going to do? So. Yeah, you just swing and then drop Blaze in main two. I mean, God, that's gross. That's <laughs> gross. <laughs> And you're probably killing two things. Yeah, you're probably killing two things, and you probably did a point of damage because they didn't want to block them. <laughs> yeah, like you put your put. Think about that. You put your opponent in a spot where it's like, well, I'm not going to block because then all of my forwards are going to take 8k. I'll just take the damage, and Blaze comes in and mops up two forwards anyway. Gross, gross. Uh, yeah, I'll give it the eight. Tark, where do you put it? Uh, up an eight sounds really good. Yeah, Kronos, he's solid. I'm just like very slightly lower, so I'm gonna go a seven. But I think it's really good. I think it's fair. Like I wouldn't argue a seven. I wouldn't argue a seven. Uh, lots of of good text on Squall. And then we move over to another category: FFTA two legend, six drop Luso, five K power. Speaking of five K power forwards, at the beginning of the attack phase during each of your turns, so on your turn only. If you've received five points of damage or less, shuffle your deck, then reveal the top card of your deck. If it's a fire character, you may play it onto the field. And a damage six gets the additional trigger. At the beginning of the attack phase during each of your turns, you may search for one fire character and play it directly onto the field. No limitations on that damage six, nope. besides it being damage six, which, yes, you know, how many times are you going to get a damage six trigger in this game and not just be dead anyway? But it does happen. It does happen. And all you got to do is make it to your attack phase. That's all. You don't need Luso at 5K power to swing. You just got to make it to your attack phase for both of these triggers. Tark, what do you think? I like it. Um. Yeah, it, uh, more mono fire. I'm guessing, um, so that you can ensure oh, that you get one, fire yeah, cards. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Um, but yeah, the, anything that you can get out onto the field without having uh, any sort of cost is is win win there. The thing that I uh, neat text that costs six. I think that yeah, feels bad. That is a little pricey. That feels a little bad. I think Kronos. Like I'd feel better if he were five. I feel better if he were five. Sure. I I think he's nuts. <laughs> he he like again, he only goes in one deck. Well, the one archetype, right? Which is modifier. Like you're not putting this guy in anything that's not modifier. But like he's no, gonna you're, hit. you're not spending six to miss. No. You know, like he, he's he's either he's gonna hit like you have to kill him. Yeah. Immediate immediately. Yeah. Priority um, target. Because like even if you just get he lives for two turns and he flips like two backups and you get to play two backups free, he's already kind of paid for himself. Yeah, val point. value town at that point. If you get damage six, you probably just win the game. <laughs> but like it's it's I think he's nuts. I think he's nuts. I think he is nuts. And what makes it a little worse in my book is uh, not worse as in the card being worse, but worse for your opponent is the deck that he goes in already has things you need to answer immediately yeah. when they hit the board. Yeah, they're, like Squall. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, I mean, there's just so much, like, 
how many answers can you have? Right? Like it's like, yeah. you got to answer this and then you're going to have to answer this and you're going to have to answer this. I know a friend of mine, uh, Creon in locals who really doesn't care about any of the text on this. He just likes that it's card name Luso, uh, mm-hmm. for Luso special in, in an FFTA two deck, a different Luso special. Uh, so great more card name Luso for him, but it's, it's a little scary. I do like, I will say this. I do like that they were a little a little more intelligent about the design on this one than maybe they have been on some cards in the past where you can't front that top card. You can't peep the card or right. or yeah. or get and something. Shuffle first. Yeah. yeah, they they prompt the shuffle before the reveal, uh, which means the last person to touch your deck before the reveal is going to be your opponent. Uh, so I do like that they were a little forward thinking and that might seem lame to point out for those of you that like play magic the gathering or Yu-Gi-Oh and are used to this th- there have been some bad decisions in card design in in FFTCG in the past uh, and I'm sure there will be in the future uh there mm. it happens in every game but I do like that they are at least trying to to fix some of these things Here's the thing. I'm going to rate this lower than Squall though. I I his text is nutty. If it works, it's going to it's going to go ape shit and you're going to win. If my thing is twofold on this. You are only getting this trigger one if your opponent doesn't understand the game or is newer to the game or two just flat out can't do anything about it. Uh and so it takes a little bit of prep in in that situation to work can you flush out you know the amat before you play luso uh so that going to combat doesn't get luso amatted right off the board and cancel the ability at the same time right it's going to take a little bit of flushing i do also have to kind of dock at points because it is only useful in a mono fire deck you are not paying six to run any opportunity of missing. And I know there are ways that you can mitigate those a little bit while still splashing other colors a little bit. But that shuffle really makes it risky to to really be doing it. I'm going to knock it down to like a six and a half. I want to give it a seven, but I just don't think it's going to see a ton of play for as cool as a card. I think the card is really cool. Just don't think it's going to see a lot of play, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it under a seven at a six and a half, and hopefully be surprised when it's a nine because in in mono fire it just starts trucking all over the place. I wouldn't be surprised to see it, Kronos. Yeah, for me, I think it's a nine. Um, I think it's just even though it only goes in one deck, I do agree. I just think it's what it does when it actually works is very strong. Like, and it no doubt sometimes it can, I, I can't it, argue yeah. any of this. I yeah. Don't know. It, and sometimes it'll it's gonna lead to like just cascading stuff, right? Where you're gonna like get something, you're gonna get slightly lucky to get something that then get something else. Yeah. And now like, you know, you've you've gained just a bunch of like card advantage. Um you, one thing to know too, just a slight weakness too, I guess, you can also whiff on a summon. Like yep. if you get a summon, uh you don't really get that. So there there's that weakness. But I just think I don't know if you're playing three of this guy, but I think when he works, he works. <laughs> like, and it's not very hard. Like, like you said, you do have to get to the attack phase, but at least it's like your first attack phase. So it's not like he has to survive a full turn. They have to be ready for him to come out. Yeah. Which, which at five k, you know, you can you can kill him. Yeah, and but. in your mono fire deck, there are plenty of things that you're playing that they're going to want to amat. 
So yeah. you, you can you can probably bait it out. I can't argue with anything you're saying. Like it would be very easy for me to say a nine. I just don't think it's gonna see the type of play that in my brain warrants a nine, maybe. Yeah. You know, that could just be me on that one. What do you think, Tark? I was gonna give it an eight and a half. Um, I just think for its own purpose, it's super awesome. Um that what knocks it down for me is just that high cost, the six, but you can get some of that back um, within the first turn or two if it survives two turns. Um, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, it's just crazy. It's like, what if you flip a Braska's final A oh on or something? Like, like <laughs> you just, yeah, it's, it's gross. Yeah. <laughs> then we head to Ice, three drop, 7K forward, Cloud of Darkness. When Cloud of Darkness enters the field, you may pay two crystals. When you do so, choose one forward opponent controls, remove it from the game. As long as Cloud of Darkness is on the field, your opponent cannot play any copies of the removed card. And at damage three, Cloud of Darkness becomes 9k instead of 7k. So damage three and up. Kronos, what do you think of our lovely lady friend here? I I like, I mean, I'm a sli- I guess slightly spoiler. I like the Ice Legends a lot. Um... I think this is really cool, and it, like just the fact that you lock your opponent out of the card also mm-hmm. is pretty awesome. Yeah, like, this is the first the right time thing. we've seen this type of effect uh, in yeah. the game too, where normally it'll reference uh, card name X or uh, you know uh, remove lightning from the game, and you know yeah. this is the first time that we've seen. Hey, you know what? I'm gonna take that forward of yours, Chronos. I'm gonna take that squall. I'm gonna remove it from game. And you cannot play another copy of that squall. Not just the yeah, one right. I RFG'd, but the other ones you may be running in your deck. You can't play them until you deal with this. Right. That's a yeah, that's no, a unique new play space for FFTCG. I, I as a control player, typically I, I like this effect a lot. I think it's really cool. I the only thing that gets me is I'm and again I'm, I'm kind of like not sure if the crystal stuff has gotten a lot more support. So I don't know if it's like a lot easier to get the crystals set up. Well, the crystals um, just came last set. Uh, this right. is the second set of three that are focusing on the crystal mechanic. And that's something we could, you know, we're going to talk about on a, a, one of the FFTCG streams. I can't do it tomorrow because we're, we're going to be doing Flynn's show. Uh, but I still have, I'll have starter decks to open. I'll have boosters to open and all kinds of shit for next week to open. Uh, uh, the, the crystal support is like all over the place with this set. Like lightning yeah. didn't get any crystal spenders so it, it's very weird it the, the crystals are maybe they're afraid spot. of lilith maybe maybe they're afraid because lilith exists i don't know yeah well um, yeah because she could just bounce forwards yeah so i mean if you can get the two crystals i do i do really like this effect that's the only thing that really like slightly holds it back for me is it seems kind of i, I say expensive it's only two but like i don't know how easy it's going to be to get two out to then use this and it just seems like a thing you might get like once a game something like that so. Yeah, and we, we may talk uh, in a little bit here. Ice did get a particular forward that will help with crystal generation as well in this set. Uh, so a little bit of help there, in addition to things like the two drop backups and or the three drop. I can't even remember how much they cost. The the other two drop, the ones that get you crystals on the way in. So mm-hmm. it could definitely be popped. It dies. Here we go again, right? It dies to a mot if you're at damage zero, one, or two. Uh, yep. And of course, you will have spent the two. Well, if your opponent is has any semblance of skill, they will let you pay those two crystals, <laughs> right? And mm-hmm. then a mod it. 
so a little dicey there. I love the effect, though. Tark, what do you think? Um, mainly because I don't have any experience with the crystals. I haven't really played uh, since the last uh, expansion dropped. Um, I, I probably have to just give it a five. Um, it's the only thing I see that I can really wrap my head around is the damage three plus 2,000. So for a three drop, you know, 9K, that's not too shabby. That's above curve. Um, that's above curve. Yeah, above curve there. Um, it's just I I don't have experience with the, the, the new crystal mechanic. So This is one I'm going to mess with. Uh, I do like this card. I'm a little with you, Kronos. I'm a little worried on how consistently I can keep two crystals because there are things in the archetype that I'm going to mess with it in uh, that I'm going to use crystals for as well. And so that does have me a little concerned uh, on whether it'll be consistent or not. I am going to mess with this. I am going to mess with this. And I think other people are too. I wouldn't I wouldn't call it meta warping or anything like that. Uh, it is a new play space, and so I can appreciate that. So I'm going to give it an 8 because I think it starts playing with uh, an area that FFTCG hasn't played with much yet, and I'm always in favor of that, even if it's not going to warp the meta. So I'm going to put it at an 8. Yeah, I think I'm right there with you with an 8, just because I, I really like the effect. Like, if I could just, like, play this and, like, hit a Vaughn, or, oh, just hit, like, one of the Avalanche operatives, right? Like, yeah. I mean, that's really good. Um, They have to kill her then. Otherwise, like, literally, they lose a third of their engine. Um, so, Could you imagine but, if like, it said choose a character? <laughs> if you could hit a backup, it would be oh, pretty nuts. That would be it, nuts. It would be nuts. nuts. All right, let's continue on with Ice and talk about Shantoto, a four-drop 8K forward. If your opponent has one card or less in their hand, cost required to cast Shantoto is reduced by three, so it could be a one-drop 8K. Um, nice. When Shantoto enters the field, choose one character other than card name Shantoto in your break zone and pop that bad boy in your hand. For Ice, one and a crystal... Remove Shantoto from your hand, from the in your hand from the game. Dull all the forwards opponent controls, and you can only use this ability if Shantoto is in your hand. So a surprise dulling of all forwards for basically four CP and a crystal, right? Because you get a discard Shantoto for two CP. And then you need an ice and one more CP and a crystal. A surprise dulling of all four words. Not to mention that it could be a one-drop 8K, and not to mention that you can rescue a character from the break zone into your hand, so get some recursion on entry. So it's a card that we often write, it's an ETB game. Does it get you value the minute you play it? Well, yeah, it's going to get you some recursion. Uh, you can make it a really above-curve 8K body, and it's got that surprise effect, which is, I mean, that feels like being Bahamut zeroed, Kronos. Like, it just, <laughs> when yeah. somebody Bahamut zeroes you and you're like, shit, I just lost. Like, this yep. card can mm -hmm. do that. Yeah, except I think you could play around Bahamut zero easier. Yeah. Also, Baham oh, yeah. Bahamut zero, Bahamut zero costs six. It's, I mean, I'm not saying Bahamut zero is a bad card. I think it's a really good card. Uh, I just think this card is really good because yeah. it's, a, it's a forward that's kind of like a summon that does a lot. Sometimes she's plus one. Sometimes she comes in at one and gets you a card. Yeah. I mean, that's never bad. Um, she's Shantoto outside of Earth, which is 
great. About <laughs> time. Want... Yeah. Um, so I think she's super playable. She's pro. She's one of my favorite cards, and out of this group, I like her a lot. Yeah. I think. She's... I think you're gonna see her a lot. I'd be surprised if you don't. Honestly. I mean, the only the only person that isn't running this, if uh, at least experimenting with it, I should say, is the person that is absolutely dependent on Earth Shantoto in the deck as their mm. fail safe for a board clear, right? I mean, that's right. the only reason I don't I think you don't try this. And there's so many board clears that you might be able to find another way around that uh, and, and test this card out. What do you think, Tark? Look at her eyes. Damn. She's uh, yeah, she's all crazy. I know she's one of your favorite characters from Eleven. No but, doubt. Uh, I mean, no doubt. Uh, this card is awesome. Um, like Chrono said, the, you can if you could drop her for one, and then you get another card in your hand. Like, where's the downside in that for a an AK forward? That's awesome. Um, then, like you said, surprise. Oh, by the way, you're not completely open to me. Um, I'm just gonna wreck your face now. So yeah, she's great. Yeah, I, the the last thing you want to hear again, uh, going against an ice deck when this cards <laughs> is your opponents saying, uh, "I'd like to respond on your main too." <laughs> like, fuck, no, no, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> you got two ice backups up and a card in hand. Don't do it. And you have one crystal. Uh, that is again something to consider. Does cost a yep. crystal, so you are gonna have to generate crystals. Uh, <laughs> you, it could be done. It can be done. Cronus, uh, I'm going to let you go first on this one. Uh, although I, I think we're probably going to agree here. Maybe I'm overrating this card, but I think this card's a Ted. I really do. I think she's the, I think she's crazy good. I think she mitigates like playing multiple copies of her, too, because of the hand effect. So a lot of times you see like people have S effects to like warrant play multiples of the character. You're kind of doing that with this character in the same vein. Um. Yeah, I, I really like her. I think she's extremely good. I got to agree. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to put it at... I, I'm going to put it at a 10. I, I could see putting it at a 9.5 too because it is in ice, which isn't exactly super, super meta right now. But ice splashed in things is, is all over the board. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, I could see you trying this in decks that aren't predominantly ice. You know, you you really only need to be able to get one ICP to make this work. Yep. Uh, it's yep. not overly dependent on you being in ice. So will it see play in some meta decks like Sky Pirates or 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 Storm and stuff like that? Maybe, maybe. Hmm. You know, there's an argument. Maybe Sky Pirates is a little tough because you you want to do certain things with names and stuff. But I could see experimenting with it. So I'm I'm gonna give it that ten too. Because I think you could see this in meta decks, even if it doesn't generate a meta deck in and of itself. What do you got, Tark? Giving it a 10. She's just so strong, and she's got crazy eyes. So what's not to love about her? <laughs> oh, that effect is scary. That effect is scary. We'll see. We'll see. Next up, we've got our wool sliding wool. into wind. <laughs> our wool. Five drop 9k forward. The cost required to cast wool is reduced by one for each character of cost five or more you control. It cannot become zero. The forwards of cost five or more other than wool you control gain. This forward cannot be chosen by your opponent's summons or abilities. When you cast a character of cost five or more, draw a card. That only triggers once per turn. 
That is a lot of fives. Yeah. That is yeah. a lot of text pointed at fives. So you got an already five drop that is totally reliant on five, dro five drops. But having all of them not be able to be chosen by summons or abilities, is uh, that that's pretty powerful. That's pretty powerful. Shields are good. Shields are good. Free cards when you play a character of cost five or more is good. Wool getting cheaper by you already fronting a few fives. Pretty good. There are fives that are all over the place. Tyro, you know, you get a five drop backup out right away. Go search for something. So it's it's yeah. not out of the realm of possibility that you could get this this cat down to three pretty quickly with some core staple cards that are played right now. But, but, how many decks could capitalize? Like this, I think this is a really stupid early game. Like this could really put some pressure with a few spends earlier. I, I think it actually, ironically, gets a little bit weaker later uh, in the fact that you, you, you know, you're trying to shoot for the win. You probably aren't spending a lot of fives. I really wish, like, I want to see it work in a Verstale deck, but Wind isn't generally, you know, a color you're putting too much into a Verstale deck. I love my current Verstale deck. And I saw the text here, and I was like, I love, I hate your color. I hate that you're green, but I love everything about you for that deck. I'm still going to try and splash it in there and see what happens. Um, but I think this one's a little bit of a mixed bag for Maytark. Yeah, um... It just seems uh, really cost heavy for it to have real effectiveness. Um, that's a lot of fives. Five on top of five on top of five. It's five squared? No. Something like that. There's <laughs> um, just a lot of cost to it. And yeah, um, nothing really prevents him from getting nuked out. So, I mean, he's meh. He he, yeah. he does create a bit of a lightning rod, though, right, Kronos? Like, in Wind, yeah. which doesn't generally have lightning rods, he, right. he does create a bit of a lightning rod in, you know, hey, it, before you can hit anything, you got to hit this. Yeah. yeah, I guess my thing is, it's like, I, I think he's a cool card, actually. Like, I'm not mad that he's got Predator or anything. I think you could experiment with him in some yeah. cool ways. Just don't know how good those ways are. Like you said, for steel, right? Which I think you know you could try it, I, but like you also, I don't think it's going to be great. Yeah, I, I think it just messes with your consistency. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what this guy's doing. That like three drop Yastola doesn't already do, and like protection, for example. I mean, sure, you could maybe set up some boards that like Yastola would have trouble protecting. That this guy just protects everything. Um, you see, Tiro is a good example though. Like, I mean, play a Tiro, search it, and draw in a card. That's going to feel really good yeah. for sure. But then you got to play this guy too, and I just don't know if he warrants a spot in a lot of those decks that are playing those cards. It, it's weird for me because at. you want to play him later, but I think he gets weaker later. Yeah, like you want to get a few five drops out, but generally, you know, besides Tiro, which you know, you you can you see played turn two pretty often. Uh, you know, one backup turn one Tyro or Tiro uh, turn two. Mm. Besides him, like. <sighs> like you want to wait but then okay do i really need you uh now that we've waited 
Yeah, the, the thing is, right, like, before you play him, you have to play the other stuff, so technically they're unprotected until he comes out. Right, yeah. So it's like, it's kind of weird. Um, again, I think he's cool design. I just don't think I think he's very good. What do you think, Tark? That's kind of where my head's at. Uh, I had to rate him uh, maybe a six. Um, he's got, uh, you know, a good power set. Um, yeah, I just, I wouldn't put him out by himself. You'd want to have other cards for oh, them. Oh, yeah, yeah. To get the protection. And I think there's another, you know, five wind out there. Legend-wise, that's better, so... I think there's better ways to do what you're trying to do with this card in a more consistent manner in a greater multitude of decks. I'm going to put it at a five. I don't hate him. I just don't think we're going to see a lot of them. Yeah, I'll, I'll be a little bit more harsh. I'm going to say a four. But four. again, again, I think I think from a design perspective, I think he's cool. Which, you know, you need those cards, honestly. Yeah. So Then we get to the, oops, the other wind legend. Yeah, five drop AK Cecil. When Cecil enters the field, you may play one character of cost four or less from your hand onto the field. When it enters the field, if it's a category four character, choose up to two backups and activate them. When one or more characters you control are chosen by your opponent's summons or abilities, if your opponent doesn't pay two CP, cancel their effects. Cancel their effects. Tark, you like this one, so I'm going to let you go first. Oh, yeah. You are all over this one. Okay, so... I could play him for five, you know, like the five for wall. Um, okay. But then I can play another card on top of that and activate some of that, you know, CP that I just used to activate Cecil. And then I'm going to hamstring my opponent on their summons and abilities all around. Yes, this is awesome. Hard to argue. Uh, I was actually surprised, Kronos, when this one said summons or abilities. I mm -hmm. would have expected it out of the box to have been one or the other. Yeah, uh, I, I like this guy, too. I'm not, like, crazy high on him, though, I don't think. But uh, it's interesting. I've always liked the tax effects, but I feel like they've never quite made it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, like Yeah, yeah. you didn't you see, see him every now and then. all over yeah. the place, yeah. Um, so, but he, it's interesting that he, that he affects both, for sure. A lot of other ones have been a bit more narrow. Uh, and, it's, and it's not just like you don't just have to play this guy in category four you just get an extra effect so it doesn't really feel like you need to like cater like you don't have to play like a straight up Final no, Fantasy no, 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 yeah. for him to work yeah. um, which is cool it's just if you have some other four cards that you can play um, and to be fair I don't know a lot of the other four supports so maybe there's more support than I'm aware of that makes him even better um, but just on the first screen like I think he's just good I don't think he's like bad or anything yeah, but I don't think he's really breaking the game to me. I think I'm going to rate him a little higher than you, uh, and that might just be because of uh, more Cat Four recent experience than than anything. Um, I I'm going to put this guy at like an eight, eight and a half. Uh, I think there's some stupid stuff that could be done here. I like this card a lot. I don't even feel bad paying five for it, but if I can sneak in and pay three. Uh, mm -hmm. Getting that to activate, I feel even better. Um, and it is a it is a hamstringing card to to Tark's point. It really is. Uh, when one or more, it doesn't say when more than one. It's when right. one or more. So basically, any summon or any ability that chooses, mm -hmm. you're you know, and it's characters, not even four words. And that's dangerous. That's that's dangerous. 
and one and it's also uh it's specific both effects are character too which actually makes it a lot stronger yeah, yeah that's so he can play a saying. backup and then activate it as well yep. like he can play a, a four cp or less backup so he can play like a searcher because most searchers are three or four get you a card then activate the searcher if it happens to be category four um, and then you have access to that backup that you wouldn't have normally had access to for a whole other turn. Yeah, you do some pretty cool things. Yeah, I think I'm gonna put it at like eight and a half. Tark, I was gonna say somewhere between eight and nine. Eight and a half sounds good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cronus, you're you're gonna go. I think you're backstepping I, off of us a little bit here, but not much. I I, I think for me he's about a seven. About yeah, a I think seven. he's good. Uh, I just I, I would probably need to see more from him. I think he's a card that you should definitely test um, and see what you can do. Aerith in Earth brings us some more play space that we haven't really messed with before. Uh, we kind of have, but not exactly the way this is worded. This is a lot of text. Two drop, 5k, Earth forward. The forwards other than Aerith you control gain 2,000 power. That's a pretty substantial buff. Mm -hmm. uh, when Aerith is put from the field into the break zone, you may remove Aerith from the game. When you do so, place three re-raise re counters on Aerith, and at the beginning of main phase one during each of your turns, if one or more re-raise counters are placed on Aerith, remove one of them. Then, if there are no re-raise counters on Aerith, play Aerith onto the field. This effect will trigger only if Aerith is actually removed from the game. So you do have to do the remove to get the re-raise counters, and then basically three turns later, she pops back on the board, buffing everybody besides herself by 2k again. So it's a countdown to buffage, is what I call this, Aerith. Countdown <laughs> to buffage. Nice. Uh, I like the play space. I'm not high on this card. I'm not high on this card. Uh, one, it, well, it's obviously slow, right? Mm. Uh, you know, be, being the whole countdown. And two, I hate its name. I hate its name. Uh, yes, getting a 2K buff to all your forwards is pretty awesome. Yeah, that that is a sick buff to everybody but Aerith, right? 2K is a sick buff. I think there's better ways to buff. I think... You know, this is so telegraphed that it's easy to work around or easier to work around. If you have the answer, then you know exactly when to use it. Uh, and unfortunately, I just think there's better cards named Aerith. Mm -hmm. um, does that mean that we might not see this pop up in some non-Cat 7? I think in a Cat 7 deck, you're definitely running a different Aerith. You like I cannot... Yeah, if you're even playing her at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're running Aerith in your Cat 7, it's not this one. But could we see her pop up in some other decks that aren't Cat 7? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. 2K is a strong buff. 2K takes all those fives and makes them sevens. That's good. But I just think there's a lot of answers. I'm not high on this card. I'm going to give it a five. But that's just because I'm not high on this card myself. It's not something I'm going to experiment or play with. What do you got, Kronos? Yeah, I don't like this card either. I actually think this card's borderline bad. Again, <laughs> I, I think the design is kind of cool. You know, I mean, it's thematic. Uh, I really like Cat 7. Cat, I mean, Final Fantasy 7 is my favorite game. I played a lot of Cat 7 when I played. Um, hell, the last tournament I played in was with Avalanche Operatives. Um, I just don't see where she goes. I think she's too easy to play around. She's very slow. Yeah. Like... The thing is, is like because she doesn't buff herself too, you're, you're really susceptible to just like combat trick stuff. Like if I can just kill her while we're fighting, yep. And now all of a sudden, now all your forwards are way smaller. Two for 
Yeah, so that, that's just really... And then you have to wait three turns for her to come back. I really think if you're going to have an effect like this, and she needs to have an ETB, honestly. Well, like I think, when she comes I think back, that's what they look at it. They, they're they like, they, well, she does have an ETB. She adds 2K power to everybody. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I guess. I guess. <laughs> but like some kind of like recurring effect that yeah, I yeah, get. Yeah. Like no, something. I'm with you. I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I'm going to give her a three. I don't really like her at all, honestly. Ooh, wow. I, I, just, I just don't know where she goes Dark. at all. I just think she's cheap. A cheap two CP for 2K power on all your forwards. I yeah, I'll, I'll give her a five and a half. It's 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 cheap buffage, and yes, you can work around her. Um, I I just don't see uh, as much downside to to playing her. Again, maybe not in a cat seven deck. I'm just in some earth wind something you can get a lot of forwards out and she can kind of you know be a be a lightning rod continuing with her don't deal with her six yeah. drop kieran 9k brave can't become dull by your opponent's summons or abilities the job shijin forwards you control gain 1k power when kieran enters the field reveal the top five cards of your deck play one forward of cost four among them onto the field and return the other cards to the bottom of your deck in any order let's just go ahead and pretend the third line doesn't exist okay <laughs> let's just yeah. all agree brave is good can't become dull by summons or abilities is good revealing five cards and playing a forward of cost four among them uh four among them onto the field and return the others uh we'll talk about whether that's good or not in a second here but that third line Job Shijin forwards you control gain a thousand. You don't worry about that, guys. Don't worry about <laughs> that one. The, the Shijins in this set are horrible. Like they're just at least they're there. I've seen them release cards like this that don't That's even have true. any That's support. True. So. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so a six drop nine that could net you another body can't become dull and brave. What do you think, Kronos? Is this guy better than Mott? I don't think so. Right. I feel like that's gonna be like compared to me compares against like bot searches. He can't become dull. He it works with monks, which yeah, is like what you want to yeah, do. Mod is specific to monk though, right? So. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I guess like maybe if you're playing, I don't know. I mean, I don't really like this guy. I think he's a bit too vanilla. And there's people that do stuff just the same or better than him for the archetypes that they want to go in. So it's I mean, nice obviously the cost four is there because yeah. the the Shijins are are cost four. But here's the thing, gang. Read carefully. It does not say or less. I mean, you oh, have to. Yeah, know. honestly, I honestly I missed that. that Did makes you it miss worse. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that yeah. Makes yeah. It even worse. Play one worse. forward of cost four among them onto the field, and it's made to be played with the these Shijins thematically because they cost four. But you you kind of like, well, where else can I get this? There are other cards in the set that I think make this potentially a little dangerous, not in and of itself, but with some of the um, the oddball jobs that we've seen in the new set. Yeah. Uh, Madams, let's say. Uh, I think you could have a little bit of fun with, with some stuff in there, specifically being cost four. But, yeah, I kind of agree with you. This isn't great. Um... Uh, not madams. Yeah, well, yeah, madam. But I'm talking about the job. Um, Morze's soiree members. Mm, yeah, that, I think I saw one of those. Those cards, could yeah. be fun. Those could be fun with this card to to pop for free. You're talking about Christmas land plays, though, 
when yeah. you, you know, well, if I pop this into this and into this, I win. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You yeah. know what? And if you do, I'm going to let you win. I'm going to let you win. I hate this card. I hate this card. <laughs> Tark, what do you got? Uh, if the support of the Shijin is, is garbage, I mean, how strong is Earth Ice? It's been strong before. It's not mm -hmm. terribly strong right now. Kieran, if you're able to pop a Shantoto and then put another card into your hand, I mean, I can see some chain aspects. That yeah, but that's do, the but thing. The, you're the always like, if I pay six and yeah. I hit this and I hit this, I feel really good. If I pay six really gotta... in any other circumstance, I feel bad. <laughs> like... Yeah, you feel bad. You almost want to work around it, but I don't. He's not that good to want to work around that. I just. It's too easy yeah. to whiff, too. It's like, so if you're easy to whiff. If you're paying six, I mean, you unless can't, you specifically construct a deck so aimed at capitalizing. So all four. <laughs> right, right, right. So all yeah. of your forwards. And by the way, it's just forward, too. It's not character. Right. It, I got to give this one a three. This is, I'm, I'm right there I think you. this is the worst legend for me. Yeah. And two and a I'm, half. I mean, there's another one coming up that might. You might be able to sway me. We'll talk in a minute. But, yeah, I'm going to give it a three. Two and a half from you, Tark? Yeah. Kronos, you at a three? Uh, I'll give it a two just to be worse than Aerith, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Earth Legends are not. Then we get not. to my favorite element, and that's Lightning. Three drop 7K, Black Waltz 3, job Black Mage. When Black Waltz 3 is discarded from your hand due to an ability, choose one forward, deal it 4,000 damage. That kind of goes along with a set of black waltzes that have been released in this set where if they're forced discards out of your hand and you opt to discard them, they get you some extra effect, which I do like. A little bit of penalty or pushback on discard. I think uh, that type of effect, I've seen it in other games, and I think it's been missing from uh, FFTCG for a while, so I like seeing that it's here. Uh, when Black Waltz 3 is put from the field into the break zone, choose up to two job black mages other than card name Black Waltz 3 in your break zone, add them to your hand, and a zero-cost action ability, discard one job black mage from your hand. When you do so, choose one forward of cost three or less. Opponent controls, break it. Uh, I'm going to say, much like Lady Lilith, this was one that when I first saw it spoiled, I was like, ugh. And, and I saw the other black, mage, black waltzes at the same time. And if you go back and look at the black mages that are already in the game, there's, there's a bit of problems with them uh, because they are not job black mages. They are card name black mages, but these specifically look at job black mages for certain effects. So it creates a little bit of a problem. But the more and more I look at Black Waltz 3, the more and more I actually really like Black Waltz 3. Uh, I think, you know, just being able to just discard a job black mage from your hand and crack a forward, and yeah, it does have that cost three limitation, right? But there is so much in that, like, Rydia hates this card. I, I would, <laughs> Rydia is in so many decks, is the linchpin of so many decks right now, absolutely hates this card. Most of the Sky Pirates hate this card. Most of the samurais, with you know the uh, the exception of Tenzin, of course, hate this card. Uh, unmitigated breaking of cost three or less could be very, very strong right now. Could be very, very strong right now. 
But is the rest of the deck strong enough to be carrying enough job black mages in the deck so that you can get this effect at will without compromising the deck's own ability to go ahead and win a game uh, mm. if need be? I love the play space. I got to say the ugly sum of B is growing on me. I'm going to give it that. I think this is abusable, guys. I think this one's abusable. I'm going to put it at like an 8-5, maybe even a 9 right now. And I would not be surprised if it ends up being a 2. But <laughs> I think it's abusable, and I think it's well-timed in the current meta. I, I really do. I'm going to put it. I'm going to put it at nine. I'll lock it in at nine. Kronos, what do you got? So, I don't think this card could possibly be a two. Honestly, even if you don't get the second effect, I don't think it's that bad. Right. Um, man, if this card existed like ten sets ago, though, <laughs> yeah, be real good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I think it's still pretty solid now. I think just because the first effect kind of works with the last effect. Yep. And then on top of that, if your opponent's playing discard, now you get like some other ways. Like you can now discard this guy, and it doesn't feel as bad. Yeah, you get a little um, something, something. You're you're hitting a lot of cards at three, a pretty good amount. Not everything, but I think three is a pretty like three like two drops are pretty strong, and three drops too. Look at Avalanche, like yeah. you're hitting a lot of that stuff too. Uh, you can really mess with them before combat. He kind of works like Shantoto, where he's like kind of a summon a little bit on a creature. Um, so I don't, I don't know if you have to commit all the way to get the second effect, but if you do, it's nice. It does kind of suck that it's not card named Black Mage. Yeah, uh, I think it'd be a lot more, a lot better there. But I, I, I'm gonna give it like a six and a half, seven. I think it's a solid card. Oh, and it has recursion. I mean, what, mm. what more could you want? Tark. I don't know. I could want to, you know. It to hit a little bit chunkier, but then of course then the cost has got to be more than just zero to activate it. Um, you know, a six. Um, I just I don't know the the decks that you would play it in. Um, not having the experience on it, it seems like a you pretty play it you cool play card. it in mine. That's, in yours, that's yeah. the deck. Yeah, it's the lightning. You know, the lightning deck. Yeah, you play it in yours. <laughs> Yishtola, Yishtola, getting another nice. Yish. Three drop 7k when Yishtola enters the field, choose a forward opponent controls until the end of the turn. It loses 4,000 power for each job Scion of the Seventh Dawn forward you control. Dull one active job Scion of the Seventh Dawn forward. Choose one category 14 forward, and until the end of the turn, it gains haste and first strike. And she has a special for a discard of card name Yishtola, two lightning and dulling. Deal 9k damage to all the forwards other than job Scions of the Seventh on so a little bit of a board clear on a forward action going uh here i'm gonna keep mine short and simple you're probably gonna run different yishtolas <laughs> like if you're playing scions this only yeah this really only works in scions like this this yeah. has to be a scions deck yeah I, unless you're just totally happy with yishtola being in a cat 14 deck which I think there's better ways to build a cat 14 deck. I don't I don't like this. I think it's neat that it has a board clear. I do think that's mm. neat. Mm. Um so does it give you the ability to maybe run both and see what happens in a in a Scions deck because you have special discard fodder? 
you know, you're not getting your your hand bricked. So maybe there's an argument that, you know, you three and two or you two and two of. I'm not a huge Scions player. I've dabbled in it. Um, so maybe I'm just not. It's got a special, so I'm kind of talking myself into it maybe not being as bad <laughs> as as I originally thought now. I still think you probably, at the end of the day, run more of the Earth Yishtola than this one, or you run the Earth Wind three-drop Yishtola uh, that has its own effects that don't rely on Scions and is hasty already and you know, you can't be can't take damage and... I I think I got to put this one at like a four, gang. I, I she's strong. She's got a really unfortunate name, a really unfortunate name. Tark, yeah. what do you think? Uh, having played with the other Yostola, um in those uh, pre-built decks that we did, um, yeah, this one isn't as strong as that one. You're right, just because I can't. I want to play both of them. <laughs> But I can't. Um, well, I mean, maybe it you can. When they wear though. different outfits, they wear they wear different outfits. So that's yeah. a different Yashola, right? You play title. You play title. Yeah. All right. Anyways, um, yeah, it's it's not as good. It's still good, like on its own. Um, maybe a maybe a six. Give it a six. All right, Kronos. Yeah, I think my biggest issue is, is Sion's even good anymore? I don't know. It really isn't. Heard. It really isn't. Yeah. I'm not saying you can't do stuff with them. They're cool synergy stuff. They really like, do. A... And sometimes they just jump down your throat and you can't do anything about it either. Yeah, yeah. But, like, from a tribal standpoint, like, if you're looking at tribal decks, I feel like a lot of other tribal decks have overshadowed them at this point. I mean, Sion's are pretty good. Like, again, like, we're talking like 10 sets ago now at this point. Um, you know, if you do, if you are playing Scions, I think you could run three one just because she has the S, and you can use the Earth toward the S if you play her to maybe win a game, right? Kill something on the way in. I think the Earth one's definitely better. So yeah, I'm probably leaning toward like a five just because I don't think Scions are very good, and even if you're running her, you're probably only running one at most. Mm. Yep, I can't disagree. Then we got Titus, three drop earth, 7K, cannot be blocked. When Titus is put from the field into its owner's deck, draw three cards. Gross. When Titus is chosen by your opponent's summons or abilities, you may put Titus at the bottom of its owner's deck. When you do so, choose one forward opponent controls, put it at the bottom of its owner's deck. So if they target him, you have the option of tossing him at the bottom of your deck and making them put a forward at the bottom of their deck and going ahead and drawing three cards. Yeah. <laughs> job gross. Job Guardian. He's really gross. He's really gross. He's really gross. <sighs> Kronos, I'm going to let you go first. See, I'm not super sure where to put this guy because I think his text is, is good. Um... I don't know if he just like slots straight into like water decks. And I don't know if water is very strong by itself right now because I feel like every time I see water, it's just sky pirates. And I don't think this fits. It's great, but like Typhon kind of does the same a similar thing. Not quite as good. You're not putting on the bottom, but you're still making him wait two turns. Uh, and it synergizes a lot better with the rest of the deck. I do See, like but here's the card, thing, though. though. If you Typhon him, which you can, Typhon is yeah. not restricted to just your opponents. You could play Typhon 
and bounce Titus to the fifth spot in your deck, draw three, and guarantee that you're going to draw Titus next turn, provided they don't force a shuffle or damage or whatever. True, true. It's just I feel like every time I see people, but there's talk probably about better Earth, ways that you you want to use Typhon. I I arguably yeah that and it's just like the Sky Pirate list in general just feels like I don't know how much space there is whether when you're otherwise you're like either gimping your Sky Pirate stuff and if you're playing like the Sky Pirate Dancer stuff you have no room and you don't want to get rid of like Leviathans for this because you kind of need that to like kill things yeah but I do really like this card. I think he's really cool. Just just because I like the design and I think he could potentially be strong, I'm going to say an eight. But I don't know if I'm overrating him, to be honest. That's kind of like, I feel like I'm overrating him. It's a lot of good text. It is a lot of good text. I think somebody's going to find a home uh, for, for Mr. Blitzballer here. His job's guardian, by the way. That is, that is something to make note of. He's not cat 10. Yeah, he is. He's both. He is? He's yeah, DFF he's and both. 10. He's, he's, oh, okay. He's yeah, the there's Cydia. a yeah, there. I didn't yeah. He's the and 10. Gotcha. Um, I don't think you're wrong, though, Kronos. Like, I'm trying to find ways to say you're wrong, giving I, this an 8. I actually think somebody for somebody out there, they're going to find a way to make this a 10. Like, they're, hmm. they're, I don't think it'll, like, become meta or anything, but I think this can be violently abused. Uh, like to disgusting levels, you just gotta figure out the best way to do it. The best way to do it. I'm gonna put it at an eight as well. Um, my only, I mean, my only gripe, if it's even a gripe, is that he doesn't do anything on entry. You know, so you do. It is a total reactionary card if you're not going to preemptively shove him in your deck yourself. He's 100% reactionary. Yeah, I guess the first line of text, though, just to talk myself into, like, thinking... He's, yeah, he he's can't good. be blocked, period. Um, no makes qualifier. It where you kind of yeah, have to do something about him, otherwise just free damage every turn, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to put him in an 8. I'm going to mess with this one, even though I'm not generally a water player. I'm going to mess with this one. Tark? Uh yeah, eight eight and a half. Um, you you have to do something with them. Can't being blocked. You have to do something with them, which means you're probably gonna get those three cards. Um, so he needs to find a spot in that water deck or some hybrid. Um, I think he's awesome. Finishing water, we have Maya, another Maya, a one drop seven k. There you go, way above Ooh-hoo. curve with haste. Oh yeah. Oh, wait. May I can't attack Aww. or block. Oh, Sad face. Dull action ability. Does have haste, so you can do it as soon as it's played. Cast one summon from your hand. The cost required to cast it is reduced by three and can be paid using CP of any element. It can't become zero, though. Remove that summon from the game after use instead of putting it into the break zone. I think there's fun to be had with this card. <laughs> there's definitely <laughs> fun to be had here. But I don't know how... Like, I haven't sold myself on how much fun, Tark. I, I think it needs to, you know... If you can get a second or third and third, you know, or more summons, um, it really starts to benefit. Um, you don't really get the benefit until you've had multiple casts. 
Um, and you're going to need a significant amount of summons to really make that work. She's interesting. Uh, yeah. It does potentially, uh, Kronos, let you splash summons of any color into a water deck. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. kind of useful. That could be kind of useful. I mean, it does have yeah. haste, so you can get value from it right away. It, of course, I... can't attack or block, so it's a useless body unless, I mean, yeah. you were going to do something goofy and blank it, right? Yeah, you can, like, you call can in your own. in your own Maya yeah. and declare a block. <laughs> it could, could win you the game. It could. It's possible. Definitely could. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't... I think she's really cool. Like, I think she's another one that's just, like, a cool design space. She has some potential, right? Like... There's a lot of cards she just affects because, like, it's literally every summon in the game. Um, but we've seen cards like this in water before, and they never really pan out, which is why I'm kind of hesitant to say that she's any good. Uh, but I think when you read a card like this, there's always potential that it could do something. Like, if it gets combined with a couple cards that I'm just not seeing, and all of a sudden, like, she's just doing nutty things and she's paying for some six, she's, she's like, casting Bahamut Zeros and water decks and stuff. I also um, think, I, to just throw this out here, not to interrupt you, I, I apologize. Yeah. I think she's infinitely more interesting in a pre-Ridia world. Mm, yeah, now, uh, also true. Yeah. In a post-Ridia world where <laughs> CP and color to cast summons doesn't matter as long as you get the yeah. counters on Ridia. I, yeah, I think the issue, even before Ridia came out too with cards like this, is, is Earth exists, right? Yeah. You can already kind of do it with Earth. Like, I mean, you, even back in the day, you had Earth just running, like, fire cards, even when fire was not considered good, but they had good summons because they could. Yeah. Um, so I don't really think you couldn't do what she does kind of already other than reducing their cost by three. I'm, so. I'm giving her a five, Tark. What about you? Uh, I'd say a six. Um, the potential that to use any summon is pretty interesting. Um, a lot of... A lot of different things you could do with her on that. I might even be given. I, I might actually change mine. I think I'm going to give her a four. <laughs> I think uh, there's. I think there's that. definitely fun to be had, but I, yeah. I don't think we're going to see much of it. I'll take your place and give her a five, but I could probably be convinced to go lower, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we get to our final two: uh, our light and dark legends. First up, we go with Light in the Warrior of Light. Another two drop 5k. For each forward other than Warrior of Light you control, Warrior of Light gains 1,000 power. Remove Warrior of Light from the game. All the forwards you control gain this forward cannot be broken until the end of the turn. You can only use this ability during your opponent's turn. So only during your opponent's turn. You can make everybody invincible. Cannot be broken. I prefer this wall over the the wind one. Well, that's two Let's different cards, that. sir. That's a that's warrior of light and wool. Two different cards, sir. <laughs> yeah, he's a warrior of, of light. He's a warrior of dawn. Get it right, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I prefer this one. The, the cost is pretty cheap at just two. Um, you know, he can kind of defend himself by getting the attack power from other forwards. And then he can just kind of shield um, by sacking himself. I like him. Yeah, there's nothing I don't like about this card, but I just don't think it's going to see a lot of play. 
Like, there's nothing bad about in my brain. There's nothing bad about this card. I, but I like I start to Kronos kind of go. All right, what decks do you use it in then? Well, right. obviously, first off, you kind of bring to mind. Should I put it in a Warrior of Light deck? Mm-hmm. And I kind of go right now. No, you're probably going with Light Wool, or you're probably going with uh, Light Refia mm. uh, in current builds. And there's some other ways you may go with it. I've seen some cheeky people putting three drop light Zidanes in and stuff. But, you know, if this is going to take your light slot, does this beat other cards in that deck? And for me personally, the answer is no. All right, then start looking at other decks that might benefit from some protection in elements that don't generally have protection. Is this worth taking the light or dark slot in those decks? And I still kind of come back to no. Um... I, I love everything about the card. I love its cost. I love its own self-buff. I love its ability to make an invulnerable defensive turn when mm-hmm. when your back's against the wall. Uh, but I just don't think it sees a lot of play. I'm going to put it at five. Yeah, kind of agree with you. Um, I don't think its effects are terrible or anything. I just don't really know how you fit it in. I really wish it didn't have that last line of text. It just makes it so much weaker to me. That you like, ha- if that I could, it's a defensive play. If I could use this anytime, yeah, I could. You could warrant putting in a warrior of light to like protect your Ferris. Exactly. But like the problem is, if you play this dude thinking like, okay, I'm gonna protect and try to survive another turn, and then it's just like end of your turn, I'll kill your guy. Yeah. See you later. Bye bye. Um, that feels really bad. I mean, and he's a two drop, so he's gonna get hit by a lot of stuff. Um, I mean, I like I like the bottom effect. I just wish it didn't say only during your turn, but I guess they probably tested that and decided if they didn't do that, it'd probably be too strong. Um, so I think he just kind of falls into like the void of like just stuff you don't really see. I think that's kind of... So I'm going to probably give him like a four, two. Just, I just... I don't really know where he's going to find a home, honestly. Tark, you like this one. I do. And, and um, I don't and I don't disagree just, with you. I like him. You. I like him. I just I, I don't just, know where he's I just he's think playing. that there's... Yeah, I just think there's... There's better light cards, and with it being so restrictive for that element, um, you know, I, I agree with you. I, I like him, um, but he probably just gets a five or a six. Finishing just, up, there's probably just other light cards with dark eleven cost eight k forward <laughs> named chaos, 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 chaos. The cost required to play or cast chaos is reduced by two for each element among characters your opponent controls. When Chaos enters the field, your opponent selects one forward other than light or dark they control, and you gain control of it. Has an action ability for dull and putting one character you control owned by your opponent into the break zone. Choose a forward, break it. So in theory, cheapen him, play him, take control, and if he survives to the next turn or you find a way to give him haste, you go ahead and kill that forward by moving it to the break zone as part of cost to go ahead and kill a second forward. And then you're done. And then you're done. And then you're done. Unless, in theory, now hear me out, Kronos, in Mm. theory, you are playing multiple means of taking control of opponents' forwards. There's not a lot of them in the game, but there are a few other methods that you can take control of forwards that your opponent owns. 
So maybe, maybe you could pop this again at some mm. point, use that action ability, because it doesn't say that it has to be the forward chaos took control right. of. You just have to take control of one. Have I swayed you at all? Or is this the worst legend for you in the set? <laughs> I don't know if I think it's the worst legend, but it's not great. I mean, we're talking about playing cards like Shuyin and stuff. <laughs> we're, not, we're really going down a bad rabbit hole. Um, I I just think he's too slow, honestly. Like, And I also just, I don't like being reliant on my opponent for things. Like, like as far as like when, like how much my stuff costs. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, they play four things. That's not really... That's pretty feasible, you know. Now this guy's minus eight, like minus eight CP at that point. He's pretty cheap, but you still got to wait a turn to do something. But they don't go back, right? When he takes it, he just takes it. He takes it. So, so in I mean, theory, you could go to combat on that subsequent turn. Swing with chaos. Swing with the forward you've taken control. Oh, you can't swing with chaos. Sorry. So swing with the forward you've taken control, and then yeah use chaos to break that forward and break another forward. Right. I just, I, I think it, also he runs the same issue. It's like, he's a dark card. Now I have to like, think about that. Cause yeah. you can't just pump dark cards into your deck. Maybe like people that are playing, uh, what's that card? Necron. They're probably pretty hype about this. I don't know who's still playing that card, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I just, I don't think he's like awful. Like I definitely think the earth cards are worse than him, but I'm probably still going to put him at like a four or five. Uh, I'll, I'll give him a five, just because I think it's possible he could cost three and do something, but you still got to wait a turn. Oh, man, you got to get him to. <laughs> you tried to get him to cost three. Because what? I mean, that's it's they have four characters, right? Of different elements. Oh, I didn't even element. see that part. Oh, he's terrible. Element. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, he's the worst legend. No, I thought going to be like no. The four so, is wrong. Okay, so it's a two, one. Okay, so, By so two the most for you're going to get him down. element among so, the characters so, your opponent yeah. controls. So the cheapest he's going to cost is seven, probably. Yeah, probably. Se seven's probably relative. And for seven, I mean, I still think he's and better. Maybe, I'd rather play him than Eris or Kieran. Maybe but the I still think occasional he's five. But I'll, I'll say he's a three. Yeah, I think he's much worse now. I, I missed that text, honestly. Yeah, so he's he's bad. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna put this at two. This is a—I uh, don't want to spoil uh, love it or leave it, but this is my least favorite personal legend of the set. I just think when you go light and dark cards, because of the high restriction, high value of those positions in decks, I think we could do better than this uh, as far as mm -hmm. developing what they can do. It's an interesting effect. I kind of dig the play space. That's why it's not a one or a zero. Of I do like the whole take control of your opponent characters and do wacky things with them. And this can eventually buy you a two for none. Eventually, if you can get it to to roll out. Because you've got to take control, and then you've either got to give haste, or Chaos still has to be alive next turn. Uh, and he's only 8K. So, you know, it's not like he's power crept up out of most things. Uh, not to mention that paying five or even seven, which is far more likely than paying five, um, he dies to a mod. Uh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. You know, I got to give it a two. This is the worst legend for me in this set. Uh, he's a big fat one for me. Yes, he's the worst legend in the set. And God forbid you play someone that's doing a mono deck and you can only get, you have to pay nine. Good luck yeah. getting him out. Yeah, you sit down with chaos in your deck and you see mono fire on the other side. And you're just like, shit. 
<laughs> Shit. He's gonna cost nine. <laughs> it's never coming out. It's and he's take a up dark a spot card, so I can't even discard. Yes, him. exactly. Um, where where Warrior of Light, you know, he could, you know, find some uses. This no, this guy's just no, <laughs> no. Let's finish it up, gentlemen. Our FFTCG chat with love it or leave it. Love it or leave it. It's the way we finish every episode of the Relic Grind here. A little bit of a longer episode. The ones we review, the legends are always a little bit longer. Make sure you chime in in the comments on YouTube and Ready Check Radio. Give us a like, uh, put a subscribe, a little click there, and let us know what your favorite legend in Final Fantasy TCG's Opus 16 Emissaries of Light set is. Love it or leave it. I give you something Square Enix related. You tell me whether you love it, want more of it, or leave it. Toss that shit away, throw it away. And the same way we always do it here when we do the uh, legend reviews, I want to love it and leave it. What is your favorite legend of the set and your least favorite? I already gave you my least favorite uh, in um, Chaos, so pretty easy one there. And I'm going to go with, for my favorite, it may not necessarily line up with my scoring uh, because I take a bit more of, like, how do you impact the meta in into that? But my personal favorite, I think, is going to be that Ice Shantoto. Um, and maybe it does match up with my scoring. I don't, I don't know uh, if I gave one higher or tied it. But I'm going to go with that Ice Shantoto. That's one I can't wait to mess with, which is unusual for me. I'm generally jumping to the lightning cards, but I don't care about mm-hmm. Yishtola. Uh, Black Waltz 3, I do want to mess with, but I think I want to mess with Shantoto more. So love Shantoto, leave Chaos. By the way, on Chaos, we didn't even talk about that his name is freaking Chaos. And so if you are color fixing with dark backup Chaos, this guy's, you can't use him. So <laughs> uh, let's go to Kronos next. Yeah, so I think my favorite one's not necessarily the one I rate the highest. It'd probably be the one I'd try out if I was still testing a lot of stuff. So I think Cloud of Darkness is my personal favorite. I'd probably try to get that to work just because I think the effect's really cool. And if you can get it off, can do some unique things that, can't really happen in the game currently. Uh, least favorite is probably Kieran. I just think he's so bland. Like at least Chaos has some interesting text. Fair. Like, I, I don't even Fair. know what he does. So. Tark. Uh, I was gonna go with Shantoto, but since you went with them, I, I'll do something a little different. I'm gonna go with Squall. I think he's got a lot of yeah, cool stuff and can have a lot of a lot of combos. And uh, Chaos is just awful. Gen- just absolute trash. Where's Jack when you need to just... (laughs) (laughs) That's going to do it for this episode of The Relic Grind. Uh, Remember, no show next week. We will be back on Monday the 25th, and then we'll start resuming Thursdays as we get into May, back into our normal schedule. Again, thank you, Kronos. Thank you, Tark, for working with me this month, allowing me to go and do do a show on stage at the end of April again. Uh, That's going to do it for this episode. We will see you in two weeks. Make sure you enjoy 6.1. Let us know what you think about 6.1 in the comments there while you're chatting about your favorite FFTCG legends. Until two weeks from today, Kronos, where can everybody find you? Yeah, same as always, Twitter. Um, can't wait to play the patch tomorrow. You know, Yoshi P gave me white mage buffs on my birthday. Yeah, so. happy birthday, yeah. Kronos. Yeah, happy birthday, Kronos. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to I'm gonna have to play that job tomorrow at some point. Maybe I'll take it into the new, uh, the new EX. Tark. Find me at Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, all at 
Tarkov Gaming. We're playing Final Fantasy 14 all day tomorrow, and I'll probably put up a couple videos uh, regarding the 24 man and uh, maybe the EX as well. Uh, and then also check me out at Ready Check Radio, playing Strangers of Paradise on Saturday nights. I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me personally right there at Magic Man One. But more importantly, follow at Ready Check Radio on Twitter, so that RC Radio, so you'll know every time we go live with one of our podcasts or stream with one of our volunteer streamers. Until next show, stay safe. See you on the servers. <laughs>